You are listening to Figuring Shit Out with Dr. Nikki Naradin, where you can finally get yourself out of that state of confusion. Confusion is the stealer of dreams and move into some clarity so that you can really like live your passion, your hope, your dream, anything you ever wanted. It's all possible. You could feel better really, really quickly. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hey, 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 fellow joy seekers. It's Dr. Nikki here. And this is my 11th podcast with my new theme, Figuring Shit Out with Dr. Nikki Naradin. Because I feel like I just want to spread as much joy as possible to really, you know, kind of drop those photons of sunshine. Just so you you can actually have the ability to do it too. If I could do it, believe me, anyone could do it. And right now I am in Las Vegas. I have, um, I said by some holiday miracle, I've convinced my parents to move out of the house they've been living in for the last 45 years um, because they really, it, it didn't serve them in so many ways at this point. And I think it just became kind of a habit to be there. And, um, and then change gets really, really difficult. And then as you get older, it, it becomes even more difficult. And so basically my mother, every day when I called her would say that she was dying of boredom. They couldn't get out of this house. They didn't have any friends around. They couldn't figure out what to do and that she was going to die of boredom. And I was like, not over my dead body. Are you going to die of boredom? I mean, I, I, I don't think I've been bored a day in my adult life. Like there is always something to do, always something to learn. I constantly have the ability to read and grow and expand and evolve. And there are languages to learn and instruments to learn and whatever it is. So, so boredom is such an interesting thing to constantly be thinking about and believing about yourself. And it, it definitely is a, a belief, but I, I think we're we're gonna get there um, because my parents are old. My dad's ninety, my mom's eighty. They have lots of physical disabilities, and they did not envision anything else for their life. They were just ready to die, whether it be die of whatever medical issues they're gonna die of, or in my mother's case, dying of boredom. So we have changed the situation around. They will be flying in today from New York. And we figured it all out. I, I mean, if, if, if we could figure this out, anything is figure outable. So we're going to start with the commitment just to remind everybody. Remember to write this down, keep it close to you, make a little card, laminate it, whatever you need. But, but, these are the absolute truths about the universe and about yourself. And you'll see with the commitment and the, the A Course in Miracles lesson today, which is um, day 10 in A Course in Miracles workbook, it'll, it'll just like meld together so beautifully. It, it always melts together. And there's a plan here. And the plan here is that you get to have that big, wonderful, fantastic life that, um, that, that everybody really does deserve. So the commitment is, I joyfully promise from this moment on, 
to never give up my dreams and goals. I choose to remember always that the whole world is mine to explore. I need never be alone in figuring it out and making it just right. That I was born worthy and lovable without condition. And whatever brought me to this place is just the journey to my present and future self and not the sum total of who I am or who I will become. And I, I just love that because it is so true about our lives, about ourselves. If you're listening to this, the possibilities are endless. And I do want to be an example of, of what's possible for you in your life. So the course in the lesson today for A Course in Miracles is lesson 10. They're all kind of working on a similar theme. And the similar theme being about the thoughts and the thoughts being malleable, flexible, the place where you have some wiggle room, and that they're all based in early experiences. So this lesson basically says that my thoughts do not mean anything. And before it wasn't my thoughts, it was like these thoughts, but now you're kind of bringing it into yourself. And what you're doing is you're, you're loosening your identity around them because when you think a thought for a long period of time, it becomes a belief. And then your beliefs, which have been with you for so long, and often the beliefs of your family become how you identify yourself. Whether you want to or not, whether you have the outcomes or not, it becomes your identity. And then it's very, very hard to loosen that identity because you would almost have to like question everything that ever happened in your life. You would have to question how you grew up and the people that raised you and maybe even sometimes have those hard conversations with them or separate yourself in some way. I, I honestly don't believe you need to separate yourself. You could just, just separate your mind from your beliefs, but that doesn't mean that other people will necessarily cause your beliefs or make it hard for you to give up your beliefs. Um, it feels like it's true and maybe you have to separate for a little while, but, but absolute separation is not the purpose. Actually, the purpose is, is that everything we think and believe has been kind of put in place to separate us from other people and that we are not separate from them at all and that our bodies are not separate from them at all, all of it. So some people might feel really insulted that we have to tell ourselves to that our thoughts just don't mean anything. Like, like what are you saying about me and my identity? But, but it is the only way to completely clear the slate of what previously has been put in often unbeknownst to us, often not, not with our own will and decide intentionally what to think on purpose. And that also means what you think about yourself, like your worthiness, your lovability, who you are, how you judge. All of those are parts of your belief. So whatever you put out there to the world and your belief about others is most likely a reflection about what you believe about yourself. And so if you can clean that slate and decide that they're not really your thoughts, that they're thoughts that have been put there in many, many ways, then, then you can decide other things about other people, about yourself, 
about how you want to live your life, about how you want to envision the world. It, it is the only hopeful possibility of you changing anything, of you evolving and growing in any way, because you will not be able to change the people around you. And changing everybody around you takes a lot of effort. And it, it's not in your control. So you will end up feeling discouraged and disappointed anyway. So that is lesson 10 in A Course of Miracles. But today, just because I was talking about my parents originally, I just wanted to talk about that idea about how you would like to live your life. And so I was listening to uh, the podcast of my coach, teacher, and mentor, Brooke Castillo. And I'm life coach certified. And so this is a, a big part of how I do my work and how I work on myself and, and what I also give to my patients, which is really great. But she was talking about this idea about asking yourself, if you had a year to live, what kind of life would you want to live? And the reason why she picks that condensed period of time is because it seems that unless we have a condensed period or a small period or a period where you notice where the end is, it's very, very hard to take action because you almost think you have this amorphous, enormous amount of time and actually taking action would take a lot of energy and also create some difficult feelings, which you might not want to create. And so it's, it's kind of the way in which we put off having difficult feelings, allowing ourselves to live a life that might not be completely satisfying, but it is the unsatisfying we know, and we're willing to do that. And so when you give yourself a year, then you have to ask yourself those hard questions about how you've lived your life. And would you want on your deathbed to decide that this life was meaningful or not meaningful for you. So I, I'm thinking about my parents who it, it is clear that they might only have a year to live. The, the fact that they've lived this long is, is even surprising, you know, given some of the health issues that they've had and what they've gone through. So this is a possibility yet when I look at their lives, they already believe that their life is over. And so they're almost just waiting to die, allowing this year to pass as it passes with my mother dying of boredom, boredom and, and somehow not looking forward to anything. And a lot of us, depending on how old we are, and I hear, I hear it with different ages for different people, which I find really fascinating. I mean, there were some 30-year-olds that come in and to my office and feel like their life is almost over. And it, it goes on from there, 40, 50, 60. Sometimes people in their 20s, if they haven't achieved something specific, feel like it's too late for them. So if you feel like it's too late for you, then it's very hard to look to your future and decide that you want to live the life of your dreams in the, the way that you believe you should live it, in alignment with your desires and and values and whatever it is. And so this thought about asking these questions with that time frame is very compelling to me because what it means is that you've decided that that 
that at least that small part of your life is worth going after a hundred percent as opposed to deciding that it's almost over. So it's so great that my parents actually got to have this next chapter of their life, even if it's only for a year. And hopefully it'll be more than that. But I think these are great questions to ask yourself for any age. So the first question is, if I had a year to live, what would I stop doing? And I think a lot of people would probably say I'd stop working. And I I think that all of us want to work. Like on some level, all of us want to make a difference in the world. All of us want to somehow see what their value is. All of us want to push ourselves to what's possible. All of us would would like to see a change that we envision as opposed to a change that will happen naturally without our doing anything just by virtue of getting older and how the world works. So for me, I probably would change the parts of my work that don't necessarily align with how I think people should be healed. So I'm a traditional Western practitioner. I'm a family doctor. And I was trained in traditional Western medicine, but I see where Western medicine has been very helpful and also where it's not been helpful in terms of true prevention, true living life as joyfully and as vivaciously and as zestfully as people could possibly live it. And I think that Western medicine does not focus any attention on it. And I think also because it's based in capitalism and it's not really for all people, there is a desire to keep this model going. And in order to keep the model going for people that are making money off this model, then we have to keep people somewhat sick. Like, like they're, they're not sick. They're kind of like floating right under the surface of real health so that they would be taking medications and using services that they might not need if we truly understood how to heal people from a much deeper perspective, whether it be, you know, diet, thought work, exercise, other types of integrative approaches. I do Reiki and homeopathy and acupuncture and all of it. And so the combination of it all would bring people to a state of health and balance that I think would, would change the world and really have people moving in wonderful directions, which, you know, Western medicine, at least in the country where I live in right now, which is the United States. And I know I have lots of listeners from all over the world, um, doesn't really allow. And so I would really create a practice that would incorporate all of it in alignment with what I believe. So that's question number one. Um, I would also stop you know, worrying about what other people thought about me and worrying about how I put myself out in the world and worrying about whether I have to be a hundred percent perfect all the time in order for me to get out information and contact and content. I, I really love helping people stop worrying because worrying is one of those things that actually, you know, maybe triggers you to do something positive in the direction of what you're worrying about. But usually it's just a, 
a thought that continues that becomes a belief that makes you feel that the world is unsafe. And so worrying has not, in my experience, helped very many people get done or solve for what they're worrying about. It's usually just, I would say, like a cast that you had put on a broken appendage when you were young, and then you never cut the cast off when everything healed. And so now it's all raggedy and dirty and heavy and really causes more problems than helps. Question number two, what would I start doing? And I guess I guess I just add, I answered that in the first one. So I would stop doing the parts of my work that I wasn't aligned with. And I would start using the, the integrative approaches, but I would start using it unabashedly. Like I would really really work at bringing that out there to the organizations which I work for, which sometimes it's it's a, a little bit of a tricky process. I have to do that slowly and carefully um, and also to my patients for them to have a really great life. Um, and I would start I would I would start bringing my own content out there in a huge and big way. I, I am constantly creating and writing and coming up with new ideas that if I think are not perfect, I don't put out there in a huge way. And I would stop worrying about whether it was perfect or not. And I would start putting my content out there really, really big, 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 big. All right. Question number three, uh, what would I no longer care about? Um, and I would probably no longer care about other people's opinions about me and probably my not positive opinions about myself or where I, I think I lack. And um, what would I care about more? I, I, I think I kind of answer those questions in this way. So that's question number four. What would I care about more? I would definitely care about the people I love, but I really already put it out there. Like the people I love, I tell them I love them all the time. They know it. I am completely and openly enthusiastic, much to the dismay of many, but um, I would just love, love, love the people in my life as much as I possibly could. Um, and and I would, I would be honest about what I'm feeling or what I want, or, or what I'm willing to do or not. Um, and then question number five, why do my thoughts, feelings, and actions change if I give myself a year to live? And I think that's the ultimate question, because I think people say that, like, you know, live as if you're dying, you know, live as if it's the last day of your life. And I, I don't know if people are willing to do that or not, but I think it's a really great thing to question why it is that I would need that kind of constraint or frame in order to live the best life that I could. And truly the best life that I could live in service to other people and myself would be a beautiful and wonderful way to live a life. So is there a need to put a time frame on it or not? And I don't think there's a need at all. All right, that's what I got. Write these questions down. 
answer them for yourself and really see if you could start moving your life in the direction that's in alignment with what you want and what you envision for your future self. All right. I love you all and have a wonderful week. Hey, everybody, if you want to work with me and really figure shit out, get unstuck and off the emotional roller coaster and heading towards your passion, and I know you can, get in contact with me and let's work together. It'll be worth, worth it for the life of your dreams. Okay, you can get in touch with me at Nikki at drnikkinaridan.com. That's N-I-K-K-I at D-R-N-I-K-K-I-N-E-R-E-T-I-N.com. Take care. Love you guys.